Welcome to the Healthy Podcast presented by Melrose Wakefield Hospital. My name is Rob Branya, and I am pleased to welcome today's guests, Dr. Lawrence Conway, Director of the Cardiovascular Service Line, Cardiac Cath Lab, and Interventional Cardiology at Melrose Wakefield Hospital, and Assistant Professor of Medicine at Tufts University School of Medicine. And Dr. Gerard Daly, Interventional Cardiologist and Head of Vascular Medicine at Melrose Wakefield Hospital. Thank you both for being here, and welcome to the Healthy Podcast. Thank Thanks you, Rob. for having us. Heart disease continues to be the leading cause of death in the U.S., which brings us to the importance of knowing and understanding your risks for heart disease, because knowledge is power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about sort of where we are in heart disease and just uh, general definitions so people know what we're talking about, and also to expand upon that vascular disease as well and how the two are connected? Well, let's start with heart disease, Robin. <clears throat> Thanks so much for having us. So heart disease is the <clears throat> leading cause of morbidity and mortality, people getting sick in the United States and across the world. And I guess the first thing to say is we've made leaps and bounds in terms of education, identification, management, and treatment of <clears throat> of heart disease. It had been the case 25 years ago where people would come in the hospital, see in the office, and say, you know, there's actually not, not a whole lot we can do that doesn't happen anymore. You know, heart disease is an incredibly treatable um, disease. And the first thing is identifying who has it and what you can do about it. So quick question, you know, question is how do you prevent heart disease? It's sort of what our grandmothers told us. It's healthy living. It's that walk you should take every day. It's the fruits and vegetables you eat on, eat on your table. And if you have high blood pressure, you're treated. If you have diabetes, you're treated. If you smoke, you have to quit. Um, and those are just day-to-day conversations we have with our, our patients all the time. The second thing, thing is, how do you recognize it? Well, you know, anyone's having chest pain or shortness of breath, fatigue, palpitations, anything that makes them feel unwell during the day, particularly when they're exerting themselves, those are the patients that you need to see your doctor and, 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 and talk to your doctor about. And those are patients that we see all, all the time. Heart disease is... And you know, most people think of heart disease is just blockages in the arteries, which is certainly what we see all the time and treat. But the heart's a muscle, so when the muscle of the heart gets weak, that's called congestive heart failure. When the heart rhythm goes out of whack, that's an arrhythmia, and that's something we treat all the time. When the blood vessels of the body that Dr. Dalo talked about, that's blockages in your legs. It gives you severe disease in your legs that we can treat readily these days. Um, and there's a whole host, host of other valvular heart problems that are actually quite simple to treat with one day in the hospital these days. So heart disease is common, it's preventable, it's treatable, and um, you know, we have a great team at Melrose Wakefield uh, taking care of this. And so uh, building off that, it, it, again, nowadays I, I think we've got so much data, and that's probably one of the coolest things about cardiology is is the data is there, and so we can give you uh, you know some statistics on saying who's at risk and uh, what the biggest uh, players are. And Larry, as you said before, smoking, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and family history. These are kind of the top five things that uh, we, we take into consideration when thinking about uh, you know, vascular disease and heart disease, and both of them go hand in hand. Um, so uh, the congestive heart failure, the arrhythmia, we're both uh, general cardiologists at heart. Uh, and then uh, beyond that, then uh, both of us uh, like to uh, 
play in the cath lab. <laughs> and, you know, I, I use that word play. Uh, I almost feel bad how much we love our jobs. We we go, we get to see patients, we get to help them at this uh, you know, critical time in their lives, and uh, we enjoy it. So, again, there's a, there's almost some guilt there. But uh, when we go into vascular disease, uh, I, I, I tell patients I think of this as the plumbing. And so with those five risk factors that we mentioned, the diabetes, the smoking, the high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and family history, if those are unmanaged and unchecked, it's going to gunk up the pipes. And that's where we come in, uh, whether it's the uh, blood vessels that bring uh, blood to the muscle of the heart, the coronaries, whether it's the blood vessels that bring uh, blood to the brain, the carotids, whether it's the blood, uh, blood vessels that bring to the kidneys, the renals, or the legs. Uh, it's, it's all kind of that same process, atherosclerosis. Um, now we've got many tools to detect it early. We can help patients uh, change lifestyle uh, so that they're at less risk. And once it's diagnosed, uh, then uh, we have many, many, many tools and toys to treat it uh, and to get patients past it so they can live a long, healthy life. Um, you know, beyond the cath lab, where, again, Larry and I spend a lot of our time uh, dealing with vascular disease and heart disease, uh, there's also the recovery road that we talk about. So once we have patients and we've identified the problem and we fixed it maybe with uh, a, a plumbing job and opening up the arteries, uh, then we talk about rehab. Um, and uh, this is something that Melrose Wakefield uh, has one of the longest standing uh, cardiovascular rehab programs. And it's a program that uh, has uh, loads of data to say that patients will live longer and healthier uh, and hopefully happier for being part of it. Uh, and so it's, it's nice that that has ramped up. That's great. Um, let's get back to some of the toys you were talking about. Um, <laughs> One of our favorite topics. <laughs> so there's a lot of exciting things uh, happening at Melrose Wakefield Hospital. Um, and you both are part of the cardiovascular team that operates one of the few community hospital-based cardiac cath labs in the state. Um, what's the importance of that? Yeah, so a couple of things. So <clears throat> we run a robust uh, program for people with an acute heart attack. Been going on for many years. There's six of us who participated, and I think I once calculated this. So we have about 120 years of experience amongst the six of us. You know, I'm one of the older ones, so I, I take a big chunk of that. But we're, it's a, we're really proud of it. So if you're, and someone comes in with chest pain in the ER and they're having a heart attack, our goal is to bring them to the cath lab, and a heart attack is a blocked artery, so we open the artery within 90 minutes. Um, that's our metric. Uh, we're the second most successful cath lab in the state of Massachusetts for that metric, um, which is, which is I think, the third year in the row. I'm trying to get that number one. We're trying very hard to get it, Rob, and we'll get there soon. But we have amazing, <clears throat> amazing save numbers. So uh, last two years, we haven't lost a patient in the cath lab from a heart attack, which is uh, somewhat in incredible and obviously something we're quite proud of. Um, we're actually one of the few hospitals, community hospitals in the country, uh, and certainly Massachusetts, to, <clears throat> to take care of patients with severe, severe heart attacks, which is called cardiogenic shock. And those are patients that without intervening quickly, putting a pump in the heart, the patient most would often expire. Um, so we have that capability facility. Dr. Daly and I did a couple of these like last week. Um, two patients are alive and well at Tufts Medical Center right now. Um, you have very young people who would have had a bad outcome otherwise. 
that's called the Impella device. Uh, we're expanding our toolkit of being able to treat very complex blockages. So as people get older, the arteries in their heart get hardened and get calcified. And so those are hard to treat. And we have a brand new device that actually <laughs> opens the artery, much like you'd take out, you'd, you'd fix a kidney stone with ultrasound. It's fantastic. It works really well. It's incredibly safe. And we've used that a, a lot. So we've had <clears throat> very, very exciting um, use of new technology. And, you know, it's a new technology, but it's the doctor who's using it too. So we're extraordinarily well-trained. And the one thing I'll say about the cath lab is it, it's, it, we work as a team. So if I have a hard case, I call Gerard or one of our colleagues, or Gerard has a hard case. So um, often without mentioning it, there's another guy at your side taking care of the patient. So it's a wonderful place to work. That's great. And the cath lab doesn't only treat heart attacks. Um, so what are some of the other things that, that are going on there? Yeah, so in the, in the past two years, uh, there's been a lot of development. So this is where it, it's the same plumbing, right? And so it's still uh, within the arterial system. But now we've extended and started uh, treating uh, peripheral vascular disease. So again, frequently atherosclerosis. Um, and uh, so whether there's an acute occlusion where uh, very much like a heart attack, a thrombus has formed that has stopped or blood clot has formed that has stopped flow to the leg uh, versus uh, the slow buildup of atherosclerosis. Uh, we've had some uh, quite a few firsts in the in the cath lab now for the past uh, two years. We've uh, started doing procedures where there's a blockage uh, in the artery to the leg. The foot isn't getting any blood. Uh, it's very uncomfortable for the patient, and the uh, the ultimate risk is a need for amputation. Uh, for these lesions, the traditional approach is to come from above. Uh, from the other leg up and over and go down and, and try get past a blockage. Uh, but we've had some cases that uh, patients would have been sent for surgery otherwise. And now uh, with uh, some new techniques, we're able to get access to the artery down near the ankle and work backwards and break through these, uh, these blockages, uh, saving the patients from, uh, from a need for a bypass surgery uh, and ultimately saving them from any need for amputation and allowing them to keep their boots on. Um, that's one of the big firsts, uh, and so we've done a, a good handful of those now. And, you know, it, it's, it's uh, not the first choice. It's, it's a last resort, but the cath lab has that ability now. Uh, the, uh, the lithotripsy procedure that uh, Larry mentioned uh, that we use in the coronaries, the heart uh, arteries, we also use in the legs. We also have uh, some more atherectomy devices, and these are, you know, think of them as drills that can pull out the plaque uh, in the legs that's uh, causing the blockages. Uh, and then uh, recently we had, uh, probably two months ago or a month ago, uh, we had the, uh, the first re-entry where we uh, navigated a wire uh, past, the, uh, past the blockage, but uh, kind of uh, outside the vessel. And then we used a specialized catheter that uh, poked through back into the vessel. And so we were able to get past this blockage and uh, once again, give the patient relief, no more pain in his, uh, in his leg and no need for surgery. Um, so, you know, it, it, quite a lot of first there on the vascular. The other thing that we've uh, started up in the vascular and it's been done in office-based settings for years, 
uh, and Larry's been doing them for a decade or longer, is uh, venous disease. So uh, not so much the uh, blood flow to the legs, but these are patients who come in, they've got swollen legs, heavy legs, sometimes varicose veins that can be painful, the, uh, the color changes in the legs. Um, and uh, so now we are doing this uh, procedure to uh, treat those veins and kind of shut down the faulty vein, if you will, that's causing all the problems. And uh, these patients are uh, just ever so happy uh, post-procedurally, and it's something that takes us a half hour, maybe a little less, uh, and it's a few needle sticks. So it's not an uncomfortable patient uh, procedure for the patients, but they benefit uh, in incredibly well. Yeah, I'll just mention one thing to say, Grant, that so for our patients listening out there, um, these diseases sometimes are insidious and you don't recognize it. So people are walking around with pain in their calves when they walk or pain in their upper thigh or pain in their feet when they go to bed at night. This all can be signs of arterial blockages. So you should <clears throat> tell your doctor about it and, and get some testing and maybe see us. Patients with venous disease is actually more common. There's about 40 million Americans have venous disease. So if you have swollen, heavy, crampy legs or varicose veins or restless legs at night or itchy, itchy legs, those can be all signs of venous insufficiency, which is something that quite easy to recognize and treat. It. And yeah, it's a 15 and a half hour procedure. Go home the same day with an ACE wrap and uh, we get dr somewhat dramatic results from our ablation techniques. Yeah, and uh, sorry, I had to spin off the uh, the arterial disease again. It, it's so true. It's a disease that is out there and many even medical uh, personnel don't recognize it. We had a dramatic case yeah. recently uh, a patient who had a cold foot and it was numb, went to an urgent care, was told, you don't have a DVT, go home. Next day went to uh, a, a spine center because he had history of back issues, was told, y you've pulled a muscle, go home. And then he showed up to, uh, to Larry's clinic and Larry took one look and said, your foot is cold, it's pale, you can't feel it, this is you know, the extreme of the extreme arterial disease and very much like uh, a heart attack where time is muscle and you want to get that open ASAP, uh, this this patient unfortunately had gone, I, th I think he told me five days, I saw him just this past week, five days with uh, after checking in at multiple medical places uh, and, and not being recognized. So, uh, and, but thankfully he had a great result. We opened him up that evening, uh, got uh, blood flow back, and uh, he's had a, a near 100% recovery. So another issue that we hear a lot about and would like to hear more, more of your opinions on are um, arrhythmias and um, the electricity of the heart and, and how all of that works. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I can take that. So... It, arrhythmic problems of the heart are really common. I think everyone knows someone who has AFib, which is a very common, very treatable heart heart condition. Probably that is a little bit more um, has a little more downstream of, of effects than we would have thought before. Exciting thing in Melrose Wakefield is um, early this year, uh, Tufts Medicine uh, hired a world class electrophysiologist to be at Melrose Wakefield. So there's a doctor named Guy Rosen who came from Israel, and he has an incredible pedigree and experience taking care of all kinds of rhythm problems, but particularly atrial fibrillation. So he started with us. Uh, we hope he saves us because he's been so, so busy. He's a wonderful guy. 
But we realize that there's a tremendous amount of patients with arrhythmia out there. And the great thing about coming to Melrose Wakefield to see a Tufts electrophysiologist is that a lot of that can be done in the community, but you're being exposed to a world-class organization where if you need something beyond the, the community, you can have a procedure or testing done in, in Boston and come back to your doctors in the community. So we're, we're offering our patients from Melrose Wakefield the, uh, the access to world-class electrophysiology, um, and it's it, we're, we're very, very proud of it. Yeah, so this, this kind of highlights, you were saying, uh, what's new in the cath lab. Uh, so the, the cath lab, it, one of my favorite places in the world. And the, the people there, the staff there are just absolutely amazing. Um, but uh, from a cardiovascular standpoint, the full gamut of uh, pathologies are treated, and they're treated uh by, as you said, Larry, a world-class physician. So you've got uh, your coronary artery disease with a tremendous track record and the tools and the toys that Larry and I and the, the cath lab team uh, like to use. Uh, uh, we've got them there uh, ready to use uh, when necessary. From the vascular aspo- aspect, whether it's uh, peripheral arterial disease affecting the legs, the kidneys, whatever else, the, uh, the aorta, uh, we can treat that. The venous disease uh, with these swollen legs, uh, that we can uh, help relieve those symptoms. And then the arrhythmias, whether it's an SVT or atrial fibrillation. This is something, again, that our cath lab is, uh, is uh, on top of and uh, really just uh, uh, leading the field in the community. And it's amazing to see all of that in a community hospital uh, at the cath lab, which is fantastic. And... Um, To build upon that, um, Melrose Wakefield Hospital is an important part of Tufts Medicine Health System, which includes Tufts Medical Center, Lowell General Hospital, uh, and Melrose Wakefield. Um, How does that affiliation enhance care to our local patients? And so in a great way. So being affiliated with the world-class academic medical center does a lot of things for us. First of all, you know, Gerard and I are part of the integral teaching of the cardiology fellows and residents from Tufts. So we have wonderful, um, young, eager, aspiring. As a matter of fact, Dr. Daly was, I, I met him 16 years ago as a, <clears throat> as a young, aspiring, eager six, uh, medical student at Tufts, uh, at, Tufts, at Tufts School of Medicine. So we have, you know, access to all these wonderful young people and training. And it makes it exciting for our day. It's a, it's a vibrant community. Secondly, because we have such a close relationship with Tufts Medicine, cardiology, and cardiac surgery, then any patient who we see in the office or walks into the hospital has immediate access to world-class surgeons, best in Boston, heart transplantation, <clears throat> valve surgery. And we've seen it. Actually, Dr. Daly had a patient who um, had an urgent cardiac event and ultimately needed an urgent cardi- a heart transplant. Patient's doing beautifully saved a life. And that, that happened because of our close association with Tufts Medical Center, we being part of Tufts Medicine. And that, I think that's ongoing, that's saving lives. Yeah, no, it's, it's such a, a nice connection and relationship. And I remember the, this patient very well. And she showed up, to, I think, to the emergency room at like 4.50 on a Friday afternoon. And we said, you know, we're not going to make you wait for, for care. We're going to do this now. And the cath, cath lab rolled her down. We, we started the procedure. We saw that 
She had a, a fairly uh, dramatic uh, issue going on. Uh, we've got cell phones of all our colleagues and friends down at Tufts, picked up the phone, said, hey, this is what we've got. This is what we're planning on doing. This is what we're doing for device and support. Uh, and uh, then on the flip side, they're there ready. There isn't a question of who's this patient, what's going on, what's the story. We're all on the same medical record. But again, it's that, that handoff, that, that connection, because we know all the, uh, the the players down there, and they know us, and uh, it's just continuing the care uh, when necessary at uh, at the mothership. There are probably a lot of people who are having this discomfort in their lower legs, and the last thing on their mind is is probably it's a heart issue or an artery issue. Right, I pull the muscle, it, I get right. a cramp. Yeah. Um, I'm getting all old to get arthritis, and it's actually a lot of times it's vascular disease, which is very so treatable especially the earlier the better like a lot of things in medicine and you know i i like to think that our job is to allow patients to do whatever they want to do live a long healthy life and unfortunately patients with with heart disease or vascular disease whichever it may be end up curtailing their activities and limiting the things that they do and they love uh, without recognizing that there's something that can be fixed um so speaking of that um are we doing enough as a society in terms of education? So people tend to think, oh, you know, my, my father had a heart issue. Should I be looking out for myself? Um, you know, do people know enough to think that with a cold foot, you know, that that might be something aside from just, you know, maybe I, you know, kicked the bed by accident or something like that. You know, are we doing enough to get information out there? Yeah, I think we can do more because certainly we see people, and these are our, there's an educated community we take care of who just don't know. We know because we spent, you know, 30 years taking care of these patients, but they don't know. I think the thing is, you know, education out there, media, print, and all that, but just sometimes it's just a nice conversation with your doctor. Like, I have these symptoms. What do you think? Just one quick thing about um, people, you know, it's a common thing we hear in the office. Oh, you know, my dad had a heart attack at age 50 or my aunt had a cardiac issue when she was in her 30s. How do you know if I have that? Well, it used to be you didn't know because the genetics of heart disease are really kind of not well understood. But there's actually a really new powerful test we have at Melrose Wakefield now called a calcium score. It's a, it's a simple low-level CAT scan that measures the amount of calcium in your heart. And it's really for young people to, to answer the question, do you have the phenotype, or do you have the possibility of having early heart disease based on your family history? And it gives you a number and a probability, like a 10-year chance of what your chance of a heart problem is. So we use it all the time now to tell someone, geez, you're 30, you had a lot of heart disease in your family, but actually your score is zero, so you probably don't have that. And there's a reassured look in their face. Or we find, you know, some issues and we fix it. Um, and it's a very powerful test to, to tell you about your risk. And, you know, going into education, we frequently find there's there's kind of two ways patients think of it. They either think, well, you know, I don't have this. It's not, it's not related to the heart. Or uh, from this family history, frequently there's patients who say, yeah, I probably have it. My dad had it. I smoke. I, you know, I have diabetes and whatnot. But there's nothing I can do. And so... The, you know, that is the, the patient that we really want to meet and chat with. And 
and again, give them the information to say, hey, look, there's plenty we can do to lower your risk of having a stroke, a heart attack, a vascular event that uh, could be life-changing in a negative way, and it's easy to do, and we're not in the same world we were 30 years ago when your, your mother, your father, your grandfather had uh, whatever happened to them. Um, great points. And I also want to pivot a little bit. You just mentioned not in the same world uh, as we were before. Um, COVID, uh, as we know, kept a lot of people away from doctor's visits, away from hospitals, even when they may really have needed to be in them. Um, can we talk a little bit about sort of what we're seeing now um, based upon that and then also maybe talk a little bit about sort of long COVID. And, and we've heard that there may be some things going on uh, with people's hearts due to that. But um, if we could talk about sort of COVID's impact on what we're seeing in the community. Yeah, so it's been devastating. And not, in, not only in terms of the million people who died, which is horrific, but, you know, really demonstrated what happens when you take a society and basically put them at home so they can't see their doctor. Um, we saw so many examples of people who would have been recognized before they had a heart attack or heart failure or bad consequences of heart disease who were at home. It's terrifying. It was terrifying for the doctors. It was terrifying for the medical staff. It was terrifying for the patients. And, you know, honestly, no one knew what to do early on. You just stayed home until they told you to stay home. But the consequence of that is lots and lots of heart disease. That we're, we're playing catch up now. You know, we're it's like the fourth quarter and we're behind 31 to nothing and we have to score a lot of points. So it, the people who are coming in, and honestly, they've been, they haven't been seen in three years and we're catching up and we've been inundated with, with, with patients. And that's, that's been a tragedy that we're trying to ad address. Um, I just, you know, I'm a little bit old school. I just don't think you can see your doctor over, over a cell phone. I just think the, you know, you've seen, you know, take someone's blood pressure, listen to their heart. I, to me, that's very important, maybe because I'm old. Um, the, the second thing is, so I didn't know what long COVID was in terms of the heart early on because no one, no one knew. And we're seeing all these patients who came in, they had COVID, not so sick. And then a few months later, they felt terrible. They couldn't exercise, they had like resting high heart rates. They felt horrible, they're fatigued. And it turned out that COVID affected their nervous system such that their hearts were racing too fast when they weren't doing anything. And I saw some really young people, like a triathlete who used to run, try, do triathlons and couldn't walk up to his apartment in Charlestown because he was short of breath and tired. That's from long COVID. And so the, it became clear that this was a real disease. It wasn't people who were just like, oh, they're tired after an illness, but quite a specific cardiac disease. And there was clear-cut treat, treatments for it that, emerged because of COVID. So there's some silver linings about COVID and that we understood some of these other chronic diseases that kind of got blown off were actually real real diseases from viruses. The other thing is that um, we have seen some serious COVID, like COVID myocarditis, I think you're referring to, which is unusual, um, but we've seen it. It's, it's thankfully uncommon, but people get extraordinarily sick I saw a few cases recently that, you know, people had cardiac arrest from. So I think, it's, again, it's important to recognize symptoms, get treated for COVID, but also follow up with your doctor pretty soon afterwards because there are short and long-term. They did a study recently that people with long COVID, 
The average time to get better in terms of the cardiac side of it was about six months. So it's it can be a very debilitating disease. This has been a fantastic conversation. Um, doctors Lawrence Conway and Gerard Daly of the Melrose Wakefield Hospital Cardiovascular Center, thank you for being part of today's Healthy Podcast. Thank you, Thanks Rob. so much for having us. If you enjoyed this podcast, have feedback for us, or want to suggest future topics, please drop us a note at community at melrosewakefield.org. The Healthy Podcast is co-produced by Melrose Wakefield Hospital and Wakefield Community Access Television. For more information, listings of community events or lectures, or to find a doctor, visit melrosewakefield.org. All content heard on The Healthy Podcast was created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.